Our scripture reading this morning is from First uh, Timothy chapter 7, and I believe that's found on page 1850. First Timothy 6, and we're going to begin reading at verse 7. Verse 7. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So this is Paul's charge to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Jesus Christ, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have wandered from the faith. Grace be with you. I was asked by the deacons um, a little while ago to have a sermon on on giving and the way we look at wealth and, and all, of, all of that sort of thing. Um, sometimes as a pastor over the years, I uh, don't always like to preach about money because there's a perception out there that, yeah, that, well, uh, the church is only after the, after the money. Um, and yeah, some 
some Christians are, are they haven't uh, represented God very well. But of course we do know that um, Jesus uh, spoke a lot about, about money and about mammon. And so it is something that's really important uh, to talk about. I appreciate the deacons asking me, and especially at the beginning of the year, um, because over, over the years, it's been many times, you know, you come October, November, pastor, you better have a sermon about giving because the budget is not being met and we're not going to, it's going to go away. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so then it becomes almost a sermon, a kind of a fundraising sermon. And this is, uh, this at the beginning, of the, you know, this is, this is kind of a way of life. And all of you will be getting a, a fridge magnet <coughs> today, and in it, the, these words, which uh, Peter also read, uh, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So since this was what they were going to hand out, I thought, well, I'll make that my text for today. So that's the background for this particular message. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, in life, we are often involved in, in battles, in good fights. For example, we face enemies. Um, okay, cancer. Cancer is an enemy. We, maybe we experienced it, or certainly we know of people whose lives have been ravaged by this cruel, cruel disease. And so we have fundraisers and we go on Terry Fox runs and there's, there's millions and even billions of dollars that are raised to fight this enemy. Two things. We don't want to be accosted by this enemy. And secondly, we also want to live a good life, a healthy life. And so therefore, people incur, they find these are cancer-fighting foods, and so things like broccoli and others, and these are things that you should eat because they are cancer-fighting foods, or at least that is the claim. So we f- we're involved in a battle. We fight the good fight. Last year, I haven't heard too much about it this year, but I heard about the Zika virus. And we've seen pictures of, of children who were born with, with little heads. And, and, and they're probably um, also affected psychologically. And so people cancel trips because that, that, that Zika virus is an enemy. And A, we don't want that. We want our children positively to be healthy and to grow and to grow up well. I don't know how many of you get the flu virus, the, the flu vaccine, um, so that you avoid the flu virus. And again, there have been, especially in central Alberta this year, apparently it's been, it's, it's been 
quite, um, uh, quite prevalent. And, and people have passed away. People have died because of it. And so we fight against the flu by taking that vaccine. Lately, I've been going to the gym every few times a week. And um, yeah, do I like to do that? No, I don't like to do that. Um, <clears throat> but especially when you're retired and if you're sitting back in your recliner and uh, you, you, I, I do have diabetes. And so yeah, then then obesity, and then your kidney functions, your eyesight, and all of, all of these things that can be negatively affected. And so that's not what I... So I fight against that because what I really would like is to be healthy, to be able to enjoy some travel, to be able to go see the kids and, and, and all of these things. So we're involved. We are involved in the good fight. In this passage we read this morning, we are also involved in the good fight of faith. Each and every one of us. Why? Because you see, there is an enemy. And it's a very destructive enemy. At least that's what we read here. That We fall into a temptation and a trap. They plunge people into ruin and destruction. And what is that? Talks about wealth here. Bible, Jesus talks about mammon. Talks about goods. This is an enemy. But of course we don't always see it as an enemy. I don't know if you remember Tevye in The Fiddler on the Roof. One of his daughters is going to get married to a communist. And the communist um, uh, says that, that, that the, the wealth and riches of the West, it's a scourge, it's a scourge uh, uh, for society. And then Tevye, who's been poor all his life, looks up and says, God, could you please curse me with that curse? The curse, if if riches is a curse, well then I'd like to have that curse. You see, so we don't really see it as an enemy. But you fall into destruction. You fall into a trap. Maybe some of you have experienced it or you've certainly, I'm sure, heard of it where, where you know, an, an estate is divided. And then family members feel that somehow they were shortchanged or whatever, and sometimes for, for, for years they're not talking to each other, and the family is broken. And there is much, much grief because, because they thought they were entitled to whatever. The love of money and the desire for things can have devastating results. People have wandered far from the faith we read here. And so we should be aware of this enemy. If we fight a Zika virus, if we fight cancer, if we fight, if we fight all of these, we certainly should be aware of something that can, that can pull us away from the faith, that can have eternal consequences. 
And so therefore, we need to take this various, very seriously. We ought to be worshiping the creator and be very careful that we do not worship the gifts. Now before we look at how to battle um, these threats, let's ask why money and things can have such a powerful impact on our lives. You see, as human beings, we, we want to matter. Just simply as a human being, we, we want to have security. We want to have a sense of peace. We want to have a sense of, of having made it. And you see, many times, many times we look at wealth. We look at things to give us that satisfaction, to give us that sense of worth. But really, that sense of worth, you can call it a transcendental value. It's a value that can only come from God. But we want to find it in the things that we have. You know, you look at a commercial for an automobile, and you see this guy kind of with a smug smile on it, and he's driving. They're not really selling the car. They're, in a, they're, they're wanting you to believe. And by the way, by the, by the time you're 65, I think you've seen millions and millions of commercials. But they, they want you to believe that if you have this car, you have made it. You are a somebody. People look up to you. That, that is what they want to sell. Remember just the innocent commercial for Kool-Aid. Here you see a bunch of kids. They're bored to tears. They got nothing to do. Then mom comes with the tray of Kool-Aid and all of a sudden there's life. There's laughter. There's joy. And so it's not just simply the drink, but it's, it's, it's what surrounds it. Think of, think of cosmetics. Billions and billions of dollars are spent on surgery and, and, and anti-aging, wrinkle, and all, all, of these, all of these creams. And again, we are, looking, we are looking for, you know, I am somebody. I'm not an old codger that, that's, that's sending, being sent out to pasture. No, I'm still young. I'm still vibrant. You're still, we're, we're, we're looking for these things. And if there's a plastic surgeon or if there's some sort of concoction that can help me, that's, that's where I'm going to put my hope. We can also find that, for example, in, in relationships. If I, if I only latch on to that guy or to that girl, then I will be happy. Then I will be satisfied. Then I will have made it. Think of Jesus with the woman at the well in John chapter uh, 4. He says to her at one point, he says, well, yeah, go call your husband. And she says, yeah, well, I don't have a husband. And now, yeah, you're right. You've had five husbands and the man you're living with is not your husband. Then later on, of course, Jesus talks about the, about the, the water that you will take this, take this water and you'll never thirst again. In other words, what is Jesus saying there? This woman tried to find her meaning, tried to find her purpose in, 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 a, in a man, in a husband. 
Well, this one didn't work. Well, it's got to work with the second. Well, no, that one. Well, it's got to work with the third one, and so on. You see, we're looking for things in the wrong places. We're looking to find that sense of worth, that sense of transcendental value. And so therefore, in this passage, what do we read? We read, put your hope in God. He is the one that gives you a sense of worth. He is the one who says, I love you. You are my child. That's where that sense of worth comes from. And when, when we put it in things, when we put it in the gifts that God has given and we absolutize them and we, we make them into God's, what happens? Well, we read here, we become arrogant. We, we saw, look down on people. And is, isn't that what, what things um, we, in, 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 in the West, um, we sometimes have the idea that uh, uh, we are better than, than, than people in Mexico, let's say, where, where the team is going. Why? Because we are wealthier. Because we are richer, and we, we look down at our noses at, at others. And so I would hope also that as, as a Mexican team, you're, you're not going there to, to also look down, but also to learn. Because, you see, that's, that's not where our sense of importance and, and superiority comes from the things that we have. We become conceited, we read. We become arrogant. And we become selfish, of course. There's, we, always, we always need more. I have a, an iPhone 6, and, um, well, yeah, the iPhone 10s are out, and so, yeah, this, yeah I should probably get it. I, I need another one. And, and, and so it, you have a, a perfectly good 42-inch television, but yeah, it, but boy, have you seen those 75 and 80 inch televisions? And yeah, they're, they're kind of too big for the living room, but then actually we should have a little theater room we should add on to the house. And it just goes on and on and on. Because that's where we want to find our enjoyment. That's where we want to find our meaning and purpose in life. But no, no, says God, put your hope in God. Because you see, by, by becoming arrogant and becoming selfish, you are wandering away from the truth. You are wandering away from God. The devil is able to use that. It is an enemy that we have to fight against. Already in Proverbs, Proverbs 30, there's a prayer in there. Lord, don't give me poverty and don't give me riches. Because if, I, if I'm poor, I might, I might go out and steal. And that's not right. But if I'm, if I'm wealthy, then I may, I may not recognize that I'm dependent upon you. And Jesus says, what good is it? What good is it if you gain the whole world but lose your soul. And so it is an enemy. It is an enemy that we have to fight against. 
And so how do we fight against it? Well, we again look at this uh, particular passage. And note, it, be, it, it, it talks about command those who are rich in the present world. So riches in and of themselves are not, are not, <coughs> are not evil. And that's, um, and that, that's important to, to realize. Command those who are rich. And I'm not going to argue, yeah, we can say uh, um, Bill Gates is, is rich and uh, what's Brezos or the, the, from Amazon. And, and so we can, we can point out these very rich people. But in terms of the world in which we live, let's not argue about it. Let's just accept the fact that you and I are rich. We are rich. But then notice, um, put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. This, quite frankly, was a little bit of a revelation for me because sometimes I feel kind of guilty for the things that I have. But notice what it says here. He says, he says here, the Lord has given us these things for our enjoyment. Celebrate the fact that God has, has blessed you. But again, don't look at these things as if they are going to give you a purpose and a meaning. No. Do, do good with these things. Yes, we have wealth, but of course, we also have time. I know we always uh, complain about the fact that we are, we are so busy, and maybe we are, but, but if you think of all the labor-saving devices that, that, have, been, that have been introduced into our, our society, we do. We do have time. And we do. The, the Lord has endowed us, every one of us, with with gifts, with spiritual gifts. And we, we, we are richly blessed with so much. And so each of us, each of us has to ask ourselves, okay, how? How am I going to, uh, to, to give an account to God for that which he has given me? And everyone has to answer that question differently. And so there is the group that is going to to Mexico, and I think it's a it's a wonderful way in 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 you know in a very age appropriate way of wanting to do good and to and to see the world the world in terms of how they how they live in in a different way than than in our in our society. Pretty soon we're going to have again, and it's uh, every every Sunday again the collection plate, probably two collection plates, and and uh, we give of our offerings. The New Testament doesn't give us a law to that effect, but I I really believe it's a rule of thumb that that we look at. Let's begin with the tithe. Let's begin with the tenth that we're still able to live on 90% that the Lord has, has given. And then from there, we, we, we look and we see where, where we can be a blessing. So how? How can, we, how can we do that which is good? That, that's how we, we have to be proactive in terms of fighting this, this enemy. If I go out and I, 
expose my arm to get a shot for, I'm doing something. It's very proactive. And so we need to be proactive in, 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 in giving of our gifts. We've just celebrated communion, celebrating, commemorating Jesus, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped and held on to. No, who gave himself, who emptied himself. That, that is what we are called, what we are called to do here, to fight against that enemy. And in so doing, and I just love this phrase, in so doing, we take hold of life, which is truly life. I have a friend who, um, they, they live out in the West, they have a really nice home, but they also have a beautiful cottage um, on the Bay of Fundy. But he's got, a, he's got a plaque as he enters, and on that plaque it says, Laquenda. Laquenda is the, the Latin term for must be left behind. Must be left behind. And you know, some of you people uh, getting a little bit older, you know, you, you remember your, your house, maybe your farm, and it all sorts of, th- and then you start, you start getting rid of things, you start downsizing, and finally you might be in a lodge, you might be in one room. All of these things must be left behind. And so we hold on to it very, very loosely. And with it, we try to take hold of that which is life, which is truly life here. And, that, and that's, we take hold of that today. Why do, we, why do we tell the truth? Is that, well, yeah, you have to tell the truth. No, because by telling lies, you get into all sorts of problems. And so to take hold of the life that Jesus offers, you tell the truth. Why do, you, why do we seek to be morally pure? Because if you are not morally pure in, in adultery and all of these things, there's many, many relationships have, 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 have crumbled. And there's been much, much pain within families and children. And No, take hold of life that Jesus offers. This is the life that he is. Why? Why do we not hoard? Why do we not focus only on things? Because we become selfish. We become arrogant. We become uncaring. We think only of ourselves. This, this is not how we want to become. And so therefore we face we recognize, we identify, we face the enemy, and we seek to do good. We seek to overcome, and, we, and in that way, and in that way, we also build on the foundation for the life to come. You know, sometimes uh, you, you, you're saving up for yeah, the rainy day, or you're saving up for retirement, you're saving, you know, and, and, and it's good to, to, to focus on, on the future. But the future doesn't end when I die. 
No, the future is much greater than that. And so I want to be investing. I want to be building on that foundation for the life to come. So therefore, I'm going to take hold of that life given through Jesus that has relevance for today and that has relevance for eternity. And so again, please recognize, recognize the enemy. Fight, fight against that enemy by seeking to do good, by seeking to be generous, by talking together, by, Lord, how? How do you want me to use the things that you have given to me? Lord, help me to find a balance with the gifts that you so richly provide. May we enjoy them. May we have fellowship. May we May they be a blessing for us, but also may we use them to be a blessing for our families, to be a blessing for our communities around us. And in that way, take hold of life. Life that is truly life. Amen. Lord, whose love in humble service.